Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, Thunder fans? It is your boy Dylan at Thunder Chats coming to you for a word from our sponsors, BetOnline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. With training camp right around the corner, BetOnline has opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and, of course, the Super Bowl. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and to get into the action. One more time, that is capital letters B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I am your host, Dylan Huntzinger, at Thunder Chats. And I am joined by absolutely nobody tonight. Uh, guys, you know, for whatever reason, you know, everybody's got the reasons, you know, stuff coming up, family stuff, all that. Uh, I'm by my lonesome right now. Um, so, for the first time in a long time, uh, Dylan is going to be by himself. Uh, for a little, We could even say it's a little impromptu Thunder Chats episode, but... I'm not in my car. You won't hear my turn signal and or windshield wipers. Um, Everybody in my house is asleep, so I won't be screaming, Thunder Chats, ho, like I normally would. But, yeah, um, it's just going to be me on this pod. Um, But we do have some stuff to talk about. Uh, First off, I want to apologize for not getting a pod out this weekend. Um, We had planned to do a family... Yep, that's great. Uh, Can't breathe. All right, I think we got it. Anyways, we had planned to do a family feud episode this weekend, but stuff come up, and we had to reschedule. Uh, We was just never able to get a pot out, you know, with everybody's lives happening, you know, different things happening. I think Moles is on vacation. Cone was obviously in Vegas. Uh, I had family over a couple of times. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just just everybody had some stuff going on. So uh, it came down to I was able to record last night, but I was like, hey, let's maybe wait for this game to finish up, and you know that way we can talk about it in our new pod as well. So it's kind of what we did. But Again, it's just me, but, you know, it's no big deal. We're here. It's Thunder Chats. Oh, let's get into it. So before I move on any further, I did ask you guys for some Twitter questions. And like you guys always do, man, y'all showed up and showed out. Y'all asked some great questions, and I definitely appreciate the interaction and engagement that we get from you guys. But before we get into the Twitter questions, we do have a little bit of Thunder news happen today. So according to Adrian Wojnarowski, Oklahoma City Thunder forward Kenrich Williams... Kenny Hustle has agreed on a four-year, four-year, twenty-seven point two million dollar contract extension. 
the deal negotiated by Pinsack Sports, comes for an undrafted player who had no Division One offers out of high school. And the new and he went on to add the new deal begins with the 2023-2024 season that stretches into the 2027 season. So uh, there's a few reasons this is really important. One, it's a super team friendly deal. I mean, uh, at 27 million for two for four years, it's basically uh, equals out to a little bit under seven million a year, which you know, Kendrick Williams, you know. For all intents and purposes, he's not a star player. <laughs> um, but I would say that he's a high-level role player. And especially in this day and age, the league as it is, I feel like high-level role players um, make more than $7 million a year. So the fact that we was able to get you know, Kendrick Williams on this contract is like super, I wouldn't say impressive, but like, just super beneficial for us and it's a mutually beneficial thing too because as we know Kendrick Williams loves Oklahoma City he loves playing for the Thunder he loves being part of the Thunder organization he said numerous times on many different outlets like I want to retire here this is where I want to like in my career like this is I, I don't want to go anywhere else and so this is a way that um, you know you satisfy both parties you know it, it comes down to the. It comes to a point where um, there's like a negotiation game. It's like, okay, you say you want to be here, you say you want to stay here. Well, let's put your money where your mouth is. Like, are you willing to play ball? You know, on the negotiation side, and you know they've kind of done that with their last three contracts. Not just Kendrick Williams, but Mike Muscala. They turned down his team option to bring him back on a veteran, veteran men, veteran minimum, which ended up being less than what the team option would be. Um, so really, they just saved like you know 500k or something like that. And then Lou Dort, you know, Lou Dort made it very apparent that he liked playing for Oklahoma City. That Shea was one of his best friends. Like he believed in what they was building, and you know, Lou Dort is a guy that has improved. Every year he's been in the league, he was also an undrafted free agent, just like Kendrick Williams was. And, you know, Sam Presti and Oklahoma City Thunder were kind of like, you know, put your money where your mouth is. If you want to be here, like, you've got to meet us halfway on this contract here. And, you know, there's some people that still think it was an overpay, the five years, $87 million, Or, sorry, Woj has it right here for me. Five-year, $82.5 million. Um, some people still feel like it was an overpay, but, like, the fact of the matter is it's less than what most of us was expecting him to get, um, both on the open market and for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the fact that we was able to lock down three key rotational pieces, like obviously, you know, it, it's a debate for another podcast whether we're pushing for the play-in or if we're pushing for, you know, another high lottery spot because I've said this on Twitter, like I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of playing it, uh, playing it safe. Just saying that, yeah, we can make the play-in and the lottery because you can. You can make the play-in and you can make it towards the bottom end of the lottery. But there's some people that, you know, want us to be a high play-in seed, like maybe host a play-in game. And there's some people that still want us to be, you know, in the top half of the lottery. And you know, those are expectations that, you know. It remains to be seen, you know, which one will be met. But 
fact of the matter is if you're able to lock down guys like Lou Dort, like Mike Muscala, like Kendrick Williams, as you start to push towards contention, those kinds of players are important. Probably moves a little bit less so than Kendrick Williams and Lou Dort, um, just because his age, um, his his uh, limitations. Um, you know, he's only able to play limited minutes throughout the game. Uh, that's how he's able to maintain his max effectiveness in terms of shooting the ball, spacing the floor, um, given the effort he, that he has been able to give. Um, but Kendrick Williams and Lidor are guys that kind of do everything that you need out of your, like, high-level role players. They're guys that absolute dogs defensively. Lidor like has a reputation for being one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, but Kendrick Williams is no slouch, and he is a plus, and I might even say above average defender defensively. He's got quick hands. Uh, he's got a nice frame. You know, he's bigger, he's taller, he's longer than Wu, um, and you know, he's uh, he's really good on defense. Now on offense, you know, Wu is starting to try. I guess this past year he kind of settled more into a scoring role, which is kind of weird to say out loud <laughs> considering where Lou Dort was when we picked him up as an undrafted free agent. But that's kind of what his role was. I mean, he was the second leading scorer for our team last year. And Kendrick Williams is kind of a connective tissue piece. Like, he's a guy that I think the past two years he shot over 40% from three on limited attempts. I'll grant you that. But he's a guy that, you know, can knock down that shot. He's a guy that is a nice finisher around the rim. Dort kind of struggles in that area, but, you know, he's still capable. But, you know, Kenny's an effective finisher around the rim, and he's shown the ability to uh, be a solid playmaker off of the bench. Um, I remember specifically, like, Ty Jerome uh, in Kendrick Williams' first year, like, Ty Jerome and Kendrick Williams, I used to, I wanted to make a meme of like, you know, the guy rubbing his glasses and it'd be a picture of Ty Jerome and Kendrick Williams and then you rub the glasses, or no, it's a picture of James Harden and Nick Collison, like back in the day, and then you rub your glasses and it's Ty Jerome and Kendrick Williams. Uh, Sadly, Ty Jerome did not continue that run, so the point is moot, but yeah, the skill set like speaks for itself for Kendrick Williams, and you know, the guy's still young. Like, I know he's not Lou Dort or Shea's age or any anything like that, but I, I'm double-checking. I'm fact-checking myself. Okay, he's 27 years old. Like, yeah, he's he's not as young as Shea Dort, definitely not like Giddy Poku or any of the rookies or anything like that, but he's still got some years in his NBA career. And uh, I, I, for one, am happy, you know, to have him on there. And... I I think this is an understated, underrated uh, part to the rebuild is Presti is building this team, yes, like with talent around Shea Gibbs, Alexander, and Josh Giddy. Uh Yes, guys that have high feel, high skill, high IQ, um, that can dribble pass, shoot, that can grab the ball off the rim and go that are high-level defenders, high-level thinkers of the game. Like, yes, all those are true. But I think also he's kind of building this team with people that want to be here. Like, you talk, you listen to Shay, like, he's like, you know, this, you know, he puts on his Instagram, this is my home. Like, 
my home, uh, the crib, like Prince of OKC. You know, he talks about how excited he is to be a part of what Presti is building, and he's excited to see what comes to fruition in the future. You see guys like Lou Kendrick Williams and Mike Muscala who put their money where their mouth is, saying that they love playing for this organization. They want to retire part of this organization. They don't want to go anywhere else. You know, I mean, Kendrick Williams could Kendrick Williams could help a lot of teams. Like, a lot of playoff contenders would love to have Kendrick Williams, but the fact that he wants to stay at Oklahoma City is, like, that's huge. And then you look at this year's draft, Chet Holmgren saying, like, Oklahoma City Thunder was where I always wanted to be. Like, um, I think, like, two weeks before the draft, Ryan Russillo, Sam Vecini was talking about, hey, Bill Duffy, Chet Holmgren's agent, like, they're trying to angle to get Chet in Oklahoma City. That's where he wants to be. You're the number two pick in the draft that wants to be a part of Oklahoma City. Josh Giddy, same thing. He didn't think he didn't know if the Thunder would draft him, but that's where he wanted to be after meeting with them after going through the workout. Like that was he wanted to be a part of what they're building. Um, and I just think that's an understated part of this rebuild. You know, everybody wants to talk about. Um, all these draft picks, are they going to come to fruition? How long are the Thunder going to keep losing? Are you Team Shea or Team Giddy? And that's a dumb topic for another day. But the fact of the matter is that people are paying attention. People are taking notice of what Presti's doing. They're seeing the culture that is being built in Oklahoma City. And they not only are they seeing it, they want to be a part of it. And, you know, we've talked about in many different podcasts over and over again that, yeah, Oklahoma City hasn't gotten any huge free agents to come to Oklahoma City if they haven't been here before. But any player that's been traded here, and that's going back to, like, Jeremy Grant, Paul George, Chris Paul, like, you name it. Any player that has, you know, ended up here out of their own uh, violet or volition, whatever word, you know what I'm trying to say, um, out of their own control. Like, they really enjoy their time here, and they can't speak more highly of Sam Presti and the organization. And I think the least they can notice, and I think that that's going to help us out. You know, once it gets down to the nitty-gritty and we're trying to compete, we're trying to contend again. So uh, very proud to be a part of this uh um, gosh, <laughs> this fan base and this organization. Sorry, I got a text message and threw me off. And, um, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that. Well, uh, we're going to take a break here for a mid-roll from our sponsors. And on the other side, uh, I'm going to answer some Twitter questions. Hey, guys, just wanted to take a moment to give us a word from absolutely nobody. Well, actually giving you a word from us because – as I mentioned in the pod last week, we do have merch. Um, this is a podcast exclusive because as of this recording, I haven't put out any tweets about it. So for your exclusive chance to get our merch, go to shop.believe.com and search OKC. That is if you want less of a player-driven shirt uh, that's got a nice little uh, graphic of the cityscape and it has Oklahoma City. It's a very clean shirt. Or if you want something a little bit more loud, you want something with that's a little bit more player-driven, you can go to bonfire.com slash store slash topic 
dash thunder now on that we've got shirts supporting the jane gang we got shirts supporting chet holmgren of course we got all the awesome shea shirts and of course uh we could throw it back we've got the thunder nation shirt we got i just want to hoop back in the chris paul era and we've got the classic the one that you need for this rebuild trust the presti so head on over to either one of those websites that is bonfire.com slash store slash topic dash thunder or shop.believe.com and search okc hope you guys enjoy the rest of the pot all right, and we're back. And it's not just me that's back. I said we're back because I am joined by somebody for the second segment. I got Alex Roig on the pod. Alex, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, we uh, took a little break there for about a week. It was, you know, you, we, we got done with the whole draft cycle, and it was just it, – it, it was a little bit tiring, and it was a little bit draining. And so yeah. even like even like summer league, like summer league was was fun. But like, you know, there's been, you know, when, it, when you're a Thunder fan and when you're when you're somebody that talks about the Thunder, like those weeks leading up to the draft and then the draft and then summer league, they all become all like kind of condensed together. Yeah. And it kind of becomes like our playoff run and it's tiring man so like yeah we just took a, a week to kind of step back a little bit and but i'm good now man i'm, I'm refreshed and and ready to go revving to go rock and roll man revving like evan all right well hey man i as i laid out earlier like we asked uh asked the good folks at twitter for some questions and as they always do they showed up showed out and gave us some awesome questions so we're gonna dive into that for our next segment here and um let me let's see here so I already kind of talked about this, but I want to ask you your opinion because we did have some people say it. I'm trying to see okay. who all said. So at Ethan SGA Giannis was one. Uh, he said thoughts on Kenny extension. Hold your hold, hold, hold that thought because there's a couple more here. Uh, at Topher B five six, he said, "Do you see Kendrick Williams deal?" Um, being something where he stays long term or better as a trade piece, and then there's one more Kenny Hustle thing. Uh, at John one and one says, Who does the Kenny Hustle deal affect the most on the roster? Do you think this gives a hint of who they'll move on from? So, I guess, first question, man, what's your general thoughts on the Kenny Hustle extension? Yeah, man, I thought it was great, man. I thought it was great that that he got extended. I thought it kind of gives a kind of gives a focus to the roster uh and so you know this team there's at least eight or nine players that will be here over the next four years already you know so you got Shea with his extension you got Dort now you have Kenny with his extension you have Chet you know the the three rookies from from the first round this year on their rookie deals you have you know Giddy you have you know Trey Mann and so you have a collection of players that you can start to say, hey, this is our core going forward. And so I, I think it gives focus to the roster and to the team itself. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I spent the whole segment giving my thoughts. So I'm, I'm going to move on to the next part for you. Um, so Topher asked, do you think this is more of, you know, Kenny staying long term or do you think that this contract was structured in a way to be a trade piece? So at this point, I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit of both. Like mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a situation where if 
a superstar player does be superstar player does become available and that team asks for Kenrich Williams in the trade. Um, and, and that's the sticking point and it's a superstar player. It's a top 20 player. You know, it, it is what it is. Like it's the business, you know, mm-hmm. you've gotten paid. Congratulations. You've gotten paid. You know, there have been stories upon stories upon stories in the NBA where somebody loves an organization and they get paid by that organization, but, there comes a point where another player becomes available and the only way to get that player is to include that other player into it. And so, you know, if it happens, it happens. But I, I do think that, you know, the Thunder did this deal with the mindset that, hey, if that day never comes, we want Kenny Hustle here in Oklahoma City. Yep. Uh, I'm with that, man. Um and, you know, I mean, j- just just in terms of contract, like, and being a better trade piece, like, I-, I do think that this is more of, like, you know, locking Kenny down because he is a guy that's sought after uh, for, for these contending teams. Um, but, like you were saying, mm-hmm. if he was going to be a part of a trade piece, like, I think his contract before was $1.5 million, something like that a year, and now it's a little – like two. A, Oh, it was two? Okay. Well yeah. – and now it's like a you know like a shade under seven, so it's not like it's it's incremental, but like it, it does help when you're trying to stack salaries to get like you know a max type player yeah. at, at that point. So yeah, that is uh, that's important. All right, and then the last Kenny Hustle question we got was uh, John one on one, and he says, "Who do you think this deal affects the most on the roster, and do you think this gives a hint on who they'll move on from?" See, so I, I've seen a lot of this, and I, I've seen a lot of people say, okay, well, this is the end for Baisley. And I don't necessarily think it's that because, number one, I, I think they play different positions on the floor. Um, and then number two, like the Thunder were never going to extend Darius Baisley right now. Like Darius Baisley is not a player that you extend after the third year of their rookie deal. You know, if, if they haven't kind of defined themselves in the league, and listen, Darius Baisley is still very young. He's very young. He is still developing into his own in this league. He's still finding his niche in this league. We maybe got a glimpse of that last year as far as, you know, how he can be successful in this league. And so if he continues on that trajectory and he maybe adds a couple things into his game, he goes into the lab this summer, you know, <laughs> and he, he adds a couple things in, you know, here and there and he plays a more defined role, there's no, you know, there's no, there's nothing that says that the Thunder won't try to extend him to like a good deal if they deem it, you know, if they deem it smart to do it financially, you know, for, for future seasons. So as far as anything, I, I don't really think this affects anybody directly on the team. I, you know, I, I think, you know, I think we have this one more year. You know, everybody wants to say because we've, we've made these signings and everything that, you know, it, it feels like we are – like the team wants to announce itself, like Presti would say. And I still think we're one year away from that. And so, you know, you lock down Kenny Hustle. You lock down Lou Dort. And if you have to go into this year and do the same thing at the end of this year that you did last year, in order to secure a good draft spot, if you're in that position, um, then I think you do the same thing. And, hey, those guys are locked down. They're getting a good salary. 
and you know they'll be okay and so you come in the next year with another blue chip prospect and then and then you're ready to contend um so i i don't think it, it necessarily affects anybody directly um i just think the team itself the roster itself is starting to become more focused as to what they want and who they want moving forward um and again when it comes to Baisley, that's that's not to say that he won't be one of those players that they want moving forward he just has to show it this year a little bit more. Yeah, in terms of the whole Baisley Kendrick Williams thing, like it, it doesn't uh, affect my mindset on like you know, you know if if it's affecting Darius Baisley or not because I had already kind of factored in to my head that Kendrick Williams and Darius Baisley were both probably going to be integral pieces off the bench this year, like even before Kendrick Williams got locked up long term. So. Um, sure. that, that didn't, that didn't really, you know, bother me, uh, in my eyes, like if it affects anybody, it, it might affect my guy, Uzman Zhang and, you know, we'll, we'll call it what it is because like, you know, they have, uh, obviously they have Kendrick Williams in their space, like we're talking about, uh, they have my guy Santa, they got Poku, you know, they've got other guys that they're looking to develop and some guys that may be more ready at this juncture to contribute to a team. Um, and so they might, you know, with Kendrick's being locked up and, uh, you know, firmly in the rotation, you know, they might look to send Uzmanjang to the G League to get more reps, um, you know, as a ball handler because we saw him really thrive in the summer league whenever he was given the chance to, you know, create with the ball in his hands. Like, yeah, you go stick my guy in a corner, he's going to struggle because that's not his game. That was why he struggled so much in the NBL. That's what they, they were trying to do. You give him the ball and you let him cook, like, He's going to, you know, he's going to thrive. So uh, I could definitely see, and I think we even had a Twitter question about that actually from uh, from our guy, Alex. And uh, I'm going to transition into that because, you know, talking about Baisley, you know, it's important to remember Baisley hasn't even necessarily hit his floor yet. We're still in the basement. So uh, <laughs> shout out, shout out my guy at Alex, Dr. Prof, who also asked, um, first question Who's got better chances to win rookie of the year, Chet versus Santa? It's 100% Chet. Like, yeah, it's 100% Chet. Cause I think, I think he's going to be, he's going to be a top defensive player from the get go. And so yeah. I think that's going to factor into it. But yeah, I, I think Chet, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I'll say this though. I think that, uh, I think our guy Santa has a real shot to make an all rookie team though. I think that he can make the mm-hmm. all-rookie second team. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, the next one, talking about the basement, um, who do you think has better chances to win the most improved player, uh, Darius Baisley or Alex Pokashevsky? None of them. <laughs> okay, that's not the question, Alex. <laughs> who has a better chance? Uh, who has a better chance? Um, you know, I – I, I, I don't, I don't want to continue on with like hoping that with with people thinking that I I'm not a fan of Baisley like, that, but I I think if you're gonna be looking at somebody for most improved player, I think I think Poku's game, if he actually, you know, becomes consistent in his game, I think his game is more suited or being named a most improved player type player as opposed to Baisley, who's more of a 
he's more of a Jeremy Grant type player. He's more of a garbage man. You know, he's more of a Jeremy Grant, his first season in Oklahoma City type player. Garbage man, you know, good, good with spectacular blocks. Um, you know, he, he, he can clean up a little bit off the board. Um, he can, you know, score inside and maybe drift out to the three-point line and, and score there. So as far as, like, his game, it's not really suited to, to wow – um, you know, the, the voters um, for that type of award. So I think Poku, if everything comes together, I think Poku has more of the type of game to, to wow those types of voters. Yep, that's fair. Poku definitely has more of like an aesthetically pleasing a game. Basically, he's more of a guy that, you know, what he does isn't really loud on the court, but like if he really locks in defensively, like he's, he's a game changer on that end. And you know, yeah. if, if he could just if he could just limit the on-ball stuff. And, you know, we've got a lot of on-ball creators on this team now. So, like, you know, maybe, you know, what we've been saying with Dort, like, you know, maybe he settles more into a role. If Basil could settle more into a role and thrive in that role, I could see him having better chances there. Yeah. Um, I, I got a player comp for you for Alexa Pokashevsky. This this. I just workshopped it in my head, so it might be terrible. You'll probably talk me right out of it, but I'm going to try it out here. Uh, okay. It's a stretched out Kyle Anderson in terms of the role that he plays. No, no, that, I mean, that, that is – that's a very good comp. Um, I mean, if Poku fully realized becomes a Kyle Anderson type player, we're golden. That's, yep. that, that, that's a good player. That's a good role player to have on a team that has, you know, SGA, you know, Chet, Giddy. Like, that's a good role player to have. So, I would love to see that. And I can definitely see, like, points of it. Like, you know, slow-mo, slow-mo is kind of a – he's more controlled. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know, I, I, think, I think we sometimes hope that Poku can get under control like that. Um, so, yeah, I, that, that is – that is actually a good comp. Good job. Yes. Yeah. He's. he's I, a, I will. I will run. I will. I will run with that flag. I will not run with the Santa flag. I will right. run with that flag. All right. We're gonna get into Santa here in a little bit, anyways. Uh, last question though. This kind of bleeds into what I was talking about. Uh, who's gonna play more G League games? Jay will. Um, or as a what was it? I think Dolan called him Blue Jay. <laughs> or Juan yeah, Jang, uh, who plays more G League games. And, I think it's Jane. Yeah, uh, honestly, I I could see them both spending a lot of time in the G League, um, because I mean Jalen Williams, mm-hmm. yeah, he he had a good showing this last game. Like I, I'm not gonna front him for that, but like otherwise, the game kind of seemed too fast for him. He was missing a lot of bunnies. Um, that charge thing, like yeah, it might work once a game in a summer league game, but like once you get into an actual NBA game. I, I I just I, I question the uh, the effectiveness of like just consistently taking a charge as a big man because yeah uh, you know especially when you get guys like Zion and LeBron and Giannis and like you take a couple of charges from them you're probably not gonna want to do it anymore so I, uh, I mean, Jay Jay Will is a big guy like I don't want to like shortchange him and he's a pretty big guy like, the bigger Jay they are the harder they fall man. Well, that's true, but like here, here's here's my so a lot of people were kind of you know were fr- kind of crapping on on Jay Will, 
uh, for summer league, but role players and, and, you know, hard, hard, hot worker type NBA players, they don't do that well during summer league because summer league is more of a glorified like street ball type thing. Like if you put mm-hmm. Jay Will in an organized half court environment with SGA, with Giddy, with Chet, with Dort, you put them out there with all those types of players, players that are skilled, players that, you know, that make it a lot more easier for him. Um, I think he shines. I, I think, you know, there's two, there's two skills that translated that I think are going to translate very well during the regular season. Number one, that's his passing. Like he, he had, he's very good passing from the, from the top of the key. He's mm-hmm. very good passer for a big man. That's number one. And number two, those charges, you know, a lot, you know, you may say, you may look at it and think, you know, okay, that's, you know, those two to three charges a game in summer league are going to go down to like one. I disagree because di- driving into the lane is one of the main as- one of the main facets of NBA offenses. And so I think he is going to go ahead and kind of feast in that role as far as taking charges. Um, you know, I, I think that translates. I think it's going to translate. Is he ugly offensively? Yes, he's very ugly offensively. Like, he does not have a shot. He misses bunnies. He needs to clean that up if he's going to be a big-time player in, in, in the league. But I think, you know, those – you know, he has good hands. I think those skills can kind of develop. Um, but what I mean with all this is I think Jane spends more time in the G League because they want to develop him. Mm-hmm. I think Jay will – plays more with the Thunder just because he's a big body. And just because they got Chet doesn't mean that their big man situation is, you know, is figured out. Like they still need big bodies in that, you know, in that lineup. And so I think he'll play a lot more with the Thunder than he will in the in the G League. Yep. Yeah, that's probably fair. It's a very nuanced way to look at that. Um, yeah, I mean, if Moose and Favors, you know, still on the roster, but like if you lose one or like if you lose Favors, and of course, you know, the threat of injury with, I mean, without Jalen Williams, anybody. I think, yeah, I mean, I think you're like your big men at that point are JRE, Chet, and Moose on the roster. So, yeah. I, and yeah. Baisley, I guess. Yeah, but like, you know, he's, he's kind of like a tweener. So, yeah. I, I, I can see your point there on Jay Will getting in there. And yeah, man, I just want, like and, and the thing about Ooze, like, you know, you've seen him have like dominant games, like in the NBL. And Poku, like, for all of his potential, you never saw him like just dominate and take over. Even when he went to the G League, he didn't like dominate and take over. I, I could yeah. see Ooze really like starting to thrive because I, I think that he is I'm not going to say he's ahead of Poku right now because Poku does have experience on him, but, like, as a prospect coming into the league, he's miles ahead where Poku was, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely. So As far as first first year, yeah, mm -hmm. 100%. Defensively, he might have been one of the best defenders on the floor for us when he was playing in the summer league. Like, just just positionally, he knew what was up. So, Um, all right, um, Second part of at John one and one. This isn't a question. This is more just a just a victory lap for me. Just a small victory lap. Um, one of the producers on a local Oklahoma radio show or radio station, the great Matt at Matt Ravis, I think's his name, uh, 
has picked up the torch for the Santa campaign. That makes me happy. I, I don't know this Matt Ravis. I, I live in Kentucky. I don't get to listen to the show. Yeah. But sounds like is Matt Ravis a good is he a good guy? So Matt Ravis, he's a um he's been charged with animal cruelty before. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. he uh I'm joking. I'm joking. I have, I have no idea. We do not no besmirch idea. the Matt Ravis. <laughs> Alex no is trying to get on hey, Santa's man. naughty list, man. If, if if he picks it up and runs with it, and I think he works for the sports animal, and sports animal runs mm-hmm. with it, I think so. We we all know where it started. There you go, man. There you go. Hashtag believe in Santa movement. It's happening. Oh Lord. There's as many people that love it that hate it. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, at playoff, Shay. Thoughts on the media pushing the Giddy and Chet duo narrative? to start drama rather than the Shea, Giddy, Chet trio. And, you know, kind of in my eyes, like just kind of starting out because like I'm a huge Shea fanboy as I wear my shy Gilgis, shy guy Gilgis Alexander hoodie uh, on the pod. Um, I just think it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, man. Like, you know, obviously like we saw Shea with Team Canada, but, you know, we're seeing with our own eyes Giddy thriving, playing alongside Chet Holmgren. And, you know, we just haven't got to see Shea with them. So, like, yeah, it's easy to throw around, you know, nicknames because, you know, not only, like, you know, their play on the summer league court, but, you know, they were flirting the entire draft process basically with their Instagram comments yeah. as well. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, 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 think, I think that it's going to be fine once the season starts. You know, the media is just trying to really just grasp at anything at this point because – you know, this is kind of a slow part of the year in terms of sports. Like, this is when baseball and golf reign supreme and NFL and yeah. NBA, like, you're just you're, – you're hoping something crazy happens in the offseason. So, you know, they're, they're just grasping for straws on the whole Chet mate thing and making Gideon Chet the next big duo in the league. I just – I think, so number one, as good as, as Giddy looked out there and as good as – as good, see, I think I think the Thunder purposely um, paired Giddy and Chet together to make the transition for Chet a little bit easier into the NBA. Mm-hmm. As far as you know, summer league and and these are going to be sets that we run, and you know, a player like Giddy, who in a summer league in a summer league game commands the type of gravity that a, that a guy like SGA would on an NBA court um, to kind of give Chet an idea of how the spacing is going to work with a, a guy like that. Now, when you add SGA to that mix, it's going to be even more space for Chet to operate. It's going to be even more space, you know, even more space for Chet to, to shoot an open three-pointer, to, mm-hmm. you know, to have an open lane on a pump fake. Um, and so I, I think that the Thunder purposely asked, you know, Number one, they asked him, and number two, Giddy's not going to turn down the opportunity to go ahead and play regardless. He's a hooper, just like everybody on his team is a hooper. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think, like you said, out of sight, out of mind, what we saw in front of us was, was Chet and Giddy and, and that bromance, and, you know, it looked great. And so, you know, people – and number two, what I think it is, is the national media hates Oklahoma City for whatever reason. <laughs> They hate Oklahoma City. And so for, you know, it's kind of like one of those, was it a compliment sandwich where 
for every bad thing you're going to say, make sure you layer it with a good thing and then end it with a good thing. But in the middle, you can go ahead and say, hey, but you need to work on this. Mm-hmm. I think Oklahoma City, when it comes to the national media, you know, as soon as they say something great about, oh, you know, they're, they got one of the you know, best young cores in the, in the league, you know, Chet and Giddy look great out there on the court, you know, what does Chet and, you know, what does Giddy and SGA look like now that Chet's out there and blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. Like, they're, they're going to work out just fine. Like, this is not going to be something where they're going to be running into each other on the court. But, you know, SGA is out here having a great time with Team Canada. He's from Canada. Everybody on the internet that's from Canada is like, oh, I can't wait for this to happen whenever this happens. You know, we're still a long ways away from that. And so, like you said, national media wants to drum up any type of, you know, any type of currency in the NBA that they can at this time of year. And so that's one of the, you know, one of the things that they can really kind of drum up, especially during summer league, when all you're seeing is young players and all you're seeing is young teams. Yep. Absolutely, man. And I, uh, it, I, I tweeted about this earlier, but, uh, I think uh, who was it? I don't remember who it was, but somebody f- tweeted that Ben Golliver's mailbag talked about if Josh Giddy had a. I think it was Jay Skeets. That's who it was. Um, but he said Ben Golliver's mailbag talked about if Josh Giddy had a breakout year, would the Thunder sell high um, on Shea Gildas Alexander? And obviously, you know, Thunder fans were flooding it with like, no, like we're not trading Shea. But like, there's a lot of it led to a lot of different Thunder fans kind of picking sides. Like, hey, I'm Team Shea. Like, you know, I'd rather keep Giddy. Like, you know, Shea's this. Like, I'd rather trade Giddy. Here we go again. Yeah, and I'm just sitting here like – like, it's honestly sad that, like, there's a strong collective of Thunder fans that want to pick sides when we should really just be embracing and enjoying the fact that we have two – extremely talented guards on this team that want to be a part of this team and are going to be on this team like you know for the next like four to five years at least so yeah i i just want i just want everybody to stop picking sides and just enjoy shitty uh, you know as as a grouping so just just enjoy both of them not not team shay not team giddy both of them together. So that's that's my soapbox here. Um, let's see here. I'm going to move on to – where's the next one at? Okay. Uh, at Shea Media – at Shea underscore media, I should say. Uh, this is kind of – this is just kind of like a fun question. Move through it really quickly. He wants to know which player do you think gets posterized first next season and which player do you think will posterize first next season? Oh, I think Chet's going to get posterized first. But that's just that's just because Chet's going to be going after everything. The nature of the beast, yeah. It's the nature of the beast, yeah. And who do I think is going to posterize first? Um, I mean, it's, it, it might be Chet. You know, it, it, it might be Chet. It might be uh, Jalen Williams, Santa, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. I knew they'd get a ride from you. But I mean, I mean, yeah, hell, he was he was dunking everything in in summer league. Um, Santa climbing up the ladder and coming down the chimney on that one. Oh God, I I, I heard that in Michael Cage's voice, and I did not like it at all. I tell you what, partner, that was nasty. 
see when I say it, I say it like a uh, like a WWE ring announcer. But yeah, yeah, Michael. You almost Cage. say it like a uh, like Harry Carey. Like yeah. Uh, it's like, what's your favorite the planet? Chicago, the Chicago Cubs are they're they're coming back. Oh gosh, man, that makes me think about the Saturday Night Live uh, Best of Will Ferrell when he's like, yeah, what's your favorite planet? Mine's the sun. It's like the king of all planets. All right. Yeah. Anyways, uh, my player, I think, gets pushed. I'm just going to sway differently than you just because, you know, I don't want to say the same thing and be boring. I'm going to say JRE. You know, JRE is a guy that, you know, kind of mixes it up a little bit down low. I think okay. that he, he will be guarding um, the centers, uh, basically, uh, at least for the first part of the year. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that's not afraid to, you know, go up and try to block shots. He has blocked a couple of shots. Uh, he's also got dunked on a couple of times. So I think he's the first guy that gets posterized. And uh, first player to do a poster dunk, I'm going with Josh Giddy, man. Oh. Somebody's going to get under Giddy's skin very early on, and Giddy's going to be like, nah, let me show you what's up right quick. <laughs> and then he's going to flex on him and stare him down. And get another technical, and then complain about it on Instagram. Yeah, there we go. So I need it. There you go, Matt. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to let's go to at Clem Akufo, and he says thoughts on OKC possibly getting a new arena ahead of. He says Loud City outside renovations. I think he means Thunder Alley outside renovations. Yeah. Um, so kind of, kind of, you know. You live in Oklahoma. I live in Kentucky. I'm I'm mm-hmm. not directly affected by this. Kind of walk us through what's going on there. Um, so, I mean, the the Paycom Center itself is going on 20 years. Um, so, even though the Thunder are 15, you know, they've been in Oklahoma City for 15 years. Um, the arena was already five years, if not more, uh, in usage already. Like, um, so it's a little bit older, um, and it's probably one of the smaller arenas uh, per square footage. Um, I think it might be the smallest compared to every other arena out there in the NBA. And so, you know, one of the ways that you have to compete in the NBA is you have to go ahead and kind of keep up with the Joneses when it comes to real estate, keep up with the Joneses when it comes to arenas and things like that and you know this is you know this is one of those things like you know it's we're coming up on you know on the lease agreement was for 15 years and they've gone ahead and extended it by three years to kind of use this time this three-year period to kind of you know get the funding and get everything all the all the all the t's crossed and all the i's dotted um, to try to find you know an arena spot and try to find a, a new arena. Like, here's the thing: Seattle lost their team because their citizens didn't want to build a new arena. And I mm-hmm. know there's going to be pushback, especially during this day and age where inflation, people are struggling, gas prices are so high. You know, your your dollar can only stretch so much. And so, you know, if you want to go ahead and kind of be like hey, in the future, we're probably going to ask you for a little bit more money so we can build this huge building for these millionaires and billionaires. It, it, it doesn't sit right a little bit. You know, it, it really, in this, in this climate, it doesn't sit right. But at the same time, 
if you look at Oklahoma City 20 years ago versus Oklahoma City now, the amount of notoriety, the amount of business, the amount of money that the NBA has brought into Oklahoma City with the Hornets, you know, for those two years, and then with the Thunder for these last 15 years, you know, it's it's going to make up for the cost of the arena tenfold, twentyfold. Like it's it's done that much for the city. It's done that much for Oklahoma as a state. Um, and so, you know, I, I understand. I do understand some people's hesitancy uh, to, you know, funding an arena. And I do think, you know, I do think Clay Bennett is smart enough to be like, hey. I'm going to add, you know, I myself am going to add, I'm going to pay a little bit of this. Like maybe it's, you know, maybe it's 150, maybe it's 200 million, whatever. Um, but I do think a deal gets done. I, I do think this is something that, you know, as far as Oklahoma, this is something that wants to get, they want to get done um, and it will get done. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, like, <laughs> they're not going to build an arena tomorrow. Like it's, it's going to yeah. take at least the next seven to 10 years um, to get that, fully done uh, and so the thunder will be playing in the paycom for the next seven to ten years so yeah famously room was built in a day so um no, that's, that's really exciting though that's uh it's exciting i'm i'm also excited about the you know the prospect to bring back thunder alley you know i remember um as i was getting into being a thunder fan um and they went on that like finals run i remember that thunder alley was like popping like i remember seeing pictures on daily thunder all the time um thunder alley was amazing it was amazing dude like like i remember i think we beat the lakers or something like that and you go outside and listen i'm puerto rican there is there is a group of puerto ricans that were playing like music outside of the arena just like acting like it was puerto rico like port like basketball is big in puerto rico yeah and so you know it felt like it was puerto rico like I was like, oh, crap, those are my people. What up? You know, they had the Puerto Rican flag and stuff like that. It was like 10,000 people out there. And the problem with that sometimes is that, you know, people use it as a time to get crazy and Mm -hmm. people got crazy and that's what shut it down. Like, you know, you don't want shootings in a large group of people. So, So, yeah, that sucks. But whenever it was peaceful, it was awesome. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that, you know, you don't see many, like, instances of, like, you know, Thunder Alley uh, happening a lot throughout the league. I think the last one that I saw that, like, really kind of brought it back and, you know, brought back the memories of Thunder Alley was Jurassic Park uh, whenever the Raptors were going on yeah. their finals run. Um, and you know, uh, and uh, the Bucks, The Bucks had one. Oh, did they really? Okay. Yes. I stand corrected then. But yeah, no, I uh, I always wanted to like <laughs> I I said you know this was back when I was you know still a broke college kid. I was like I don't even want to try to pay for you know ticket to the NBA game. I just want to go to Oklahoma City and watch a game at Thunder Alley. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that was that was my that was my big dream as a broke college kid. So. <laughs> All right, man. I got a couple more questions here. Uh, let's start with at OKC Skittles. And he asked, so two years into the first Thunder rebuild, the Thunder had a sophomore Kevin Durant, a rookie Russell Westbrook, and the number three overall pick. 
two years into this rebuild, the Oklahoma City Thunder has Shea Gildas Alexander, Chet Holmgren, and Josh Giddy. Which, or he said, without knowing what these players are going to develop into, which core would you bet on to win a championship at some point in time? Um, well, I mean, the first core didn't, so we know that much. Um, I, I just think with this core, I think Presty is going to be more meticulous with it. He's going to be more um, – he's probably going to be more uh, risk – you know, he's going to take more risk with this, with this uh, iteration of the Thunder mm-hmm. because he didn't take a lot of risk, you know, during the Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook thing, which basically made, you know, the risk that he took was trading James Harden instead of keeping him. Um, so I, I think he's going to be more of a risk taker this time around. Um, and so with that, I do think that this core probably has a better chance to win a championship because I think Pressy's going to operate under the knowledge of already having gone through this and failing, you know, and not having a championship under his belt already. So. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, that's a good answer and just kind of expanding on it. Like you look at all the best players, you know, Shay, Chet, Getty, Dort, um, you know, all the rookies from the past two class and now Kendrick Williams, like, they're all under contract for like the next three to four years. Like, I think like it's going on like 26 or 2027. 20, um, and so like locking up those players as you go on, you know, as you start to go on this run, uh, you know, gives you that financial flexibility that you didn't necessarily have back then. Uh, whenever you, you know, you come up on, you know, extensions and free agency and, yeah, you know, stuff of that sort. So, I, I do think it gives you flexibility uh, from that standpoint. And also, like, you know, you talked about, you know, Presty taking more risks, but, like, Presty's in position to take more risks in terms yeah, of, like, yeah. you know, building onto this team. Like, you know, he has so much more ammunition in terms of not only draft picks, but young players. Like, you know, if, like, we could sacrifice a couple good young players without breaking up the core of those three and, you know, on top of other draft picks, you could bring back another good player if that's what Presty, mm-hmm. you know, chooses to do. So, uh, yeah, I I think for – just for the reasons of Presty's toy chest, I'm going to go with uh, this core group, although even looking back and not even knowing what the number three pick was going to do or rookie Russell Westbrook, it's, it's hard to bet against the, just the absolutely effortless score that was Kevin Durant as a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, I don't, there's, there's nobody on this team that is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a, it's all said and done. He's going to be a top 20 player. Say what you say, what you might about his, you know, about the lack of dog in him, but um, he's a top 20 player. And so I don't, I don't think, hope they prove me wrong, but I don't think any of these three players that we're talking about are going to be top 20 all-time players. Yeah. Uh, he's got a dog in him. It's just a poodle. So, uh, <laughs> so at Dortnovitsky, uh, Brennan Baker, he, he, I mean, I, I feel bad, but he wrote like four tweets 
kind of asking us basically to give us our thoughts on Baisley and why he's being written off. And I feel like we kind of talked about that already. So, you know, just wanted to, you know, bring mention to Brennan and, you know, appreciate him for his question. Um, so a couple more here at Chris P. Parrish wants to know who's on the move next. Is it Baisley? Is it Teo? So, okay. So I guess, I guess this goes into like the roster crunch type question. And like the thing that you need to look at when, when you talk about the roster crunch is it's not the roster crunch is 15. Yes. That is, you know, that is the number you want to get to, but the roster crunch is actually going to be like 11 or 12 um, mm-hmm. because, you know, there's, there's only certain minutes out there. Um, and so you can't play 15 players out. You can't play 13. You're only, you're only allowed to have 13 activated. Um, so you can only play 13. You know, you're not going to necessarily play 13 players in a game. Um, and so, I mean, the easy ones to look, you know, to kind of leave out are going to be Tail Maladon. He's making $1.9 million. Um, Ty Jerome. I think the only thing that kind of ties Ty Jerome here is the fact that he's very good friends with SGA. Um, you know, so that may tie him here. That may not. We've already signed him. You know, that may be a situation where, hey, you're, you're, you're making $4.2 million. You're not worth $4.2 million. Um, well, And then, of course, what's that? No, I was just going to say, we also signed Kevin Kangu uh, to the summer league team, who was one of Shay's best friends growing up, and he was hot dog water, so – Friendship only runs so deep. <laughs> yeah, he was bad. But that 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 game, that final summer league game, totally felt like the last ten games of last season. Like it was just like, who's out there? Yeah, we should have brought back your guys Angus? just for the memes. Exactly. So so yeah. So I mean, as far as like you know, the two veterans, favors, um, Green. It's it's gonna be. You're gonna trade them or you're gonna buy them out, you know, regardless. Like th- this team is not worried about not buying somebody out. Like their cap sheet is okay. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're they're about six million dollars away from um from the uh from the luxury tax, you know, as long as they don't make some stupid trade during the season or during the offseason, they'll be okay. So, you know, it's gonna be easy to get to that 15. All that right, was a question, right? Yeah, I mean, it was basically just Somewhere asking, there. like, who who would be next? And, yeah, I think Teo and Ty are the easy answers. Uh, kind of staying with the roster, um, at Ethan SGA Giannis also asked this question, uh, what would be your ideal nine-man rotation? I just want to ratify this to ten-man because, like, I, I feel like you got to have somebody to spell Chet and JRE as the bigs, so – um, who's your so who's your starting five? Let me see if this is the same starting five that I have. So okay, so no, no, no. we know who the four are. Who's your fifth starter? Oh, it's JRE. It's been JRE, JRE since okay. the draft for me. Okay, same thing with me. So that's that's your five right there. So you got SGA, Giddy, Dort, Chet, JRE. Mm-hmm. And then first man off the bench, I got Trey Mann. Okay. And then after that, I've got uh, Jalen Williams, Santa. Okay. We got him. And then uh, Kendrick Williams is in the rotation for sure. Okay. And I think I'm going to stay with Baisley as the four man at this point. Uh, I like okay. him over Poku. 
Uh, Poku probably needs a stint in the G League before he's ready to contribute anyways. And uh, for the 10 spot, I got to go with my guy, Mike Muscala. Yeah. So if I'm bringing – so if I'm going 10, um, I think I think Poku gets that 10th spot. Over Moose or Bass? I think over Moose. Oh, sad days. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we love Moose, you know, but Moose is going to see 12 minutes a night, if that, when he plays. Like, he's not, he's not going to be out there for 20-plus minutes. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's, had, he's had lingering ankle in, injuries the last two seasons, and I don't think those things get better. He, he had surgery this year, so I think he is uh, – he's, he's our Wiley veteran right now. Yeah, I think he had a brace on at Summer League, too. Yeah. So, yep. All right. Yeah, that's fair. All right, last question here. This is our guy, Braxton, at Braxton Creator. Um, I'm, I'm going to narrow it down here. He says, tough, crush, tough question, but I need two top takeaways from each player this Summer League. We're not going to do oh two. We're not going to do each player. <laughs> We're going to do – That was a long-ass question. I mean, that, that would have been a long-ass answer. Yeah, let's basically do the rookies and the sophomores. So, what what was your top takeaway from Chet? We can rapid fire this. Ah, uh, that he's he's what he's built to be. All right, yeah my my big thing is just the uh, the shot making. Uh, I, I thought at its peak, it was just like, wow, like this is going to be crazy. Um, all right, let's let's jump to the other class. Giddy, what's your biggest takeaway from him? Uh, he looked like a man amongst boys in summer league. Yeah, I I think he looked more athletic. Uh, I yes. mean, it, it might just be because of the dunk, but like it looked like not only was he more athletic, I think he was getting up and down the court easier. So I think I, I think he moved with with purpose. Like I think getting used to the speed of the game is one of the biggest skills that you can develop with experience. Mm-hmm. And I think he he kind of developed that because I mean. Nobody gets faster. Nobody gets, you know, he just, I think he knows how to navigate the game better in the NBA court now than he did before. Yeah. All right, let's go to Santa. Uh, completely surprised me as far as how how good he is, how efficient he was on in some games. Um, and I think he's going to be a good core piece moving forward. Yeah, for me, it's just his off-ball scoring, man. Like, yeah. he, he got all his work done at Santa Clara on ball. He was the de facto point guard at 6'6". Uh, but, like, he was an off-ball menace, off cuts, you know, off of dribble handoffs. Like, I mean, he, he, was, he was just a monster. I'm, I'm super excited to see him work. Um, all right, going back to last year, uh, Trey, man. I hope, he never, I hope he never has to break a, a press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that was not good. Yeah, the handles the handles were rough, but we, we got plenty of other handlers. They were a little loose. Trey Mann. Um, my, still a microwave score, man. Like, he needs to – I need him to become more efficient in, 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 in his second year. Yeah, uh, my takeaway is Trey Mann hates summer league. Stop sending him there. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he never yes. succeeds, so – uh, yeah, no, I, I, 
I chalk up a lot of his struggles to recovering from COVID and whatnot. I mean, you could tell his handle. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Yeah, you could tell his handle just wasn't there like it was last year. He lost his handle more times than I could count. So, I'm not super worried about Trey, man. And, yeah, stops in the summer league, Presty. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Uzman Zhang. Ah, man, oozing with potential. Huh. Like I am, uh, I I'm excited to see his trajectory. Like I know, I know a lot of people are like, what did you know? What what does the team see in him? Why they trade you know three first round picks for him? But just a huge ball handler, a huge player, like on the wing, um, and just somebody that knows how to play the game. If that if that shot starts to fall, he could be a superstar. Yeah, my my biggest takeaway was just defensively. Like, he's miles ahead where I thought he'd be defensively, and I was very high on him defensively. Um, but, you know, he's my boy, hashtag Jane Gang, so I got to give another one. Uh, just let Ooze cook. That's that's all yes. I ask. Let Ooze cook and good things happen. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's my other takeaway for Ooze. Uh, Aaron Wiggins. Oh, man, Wiggs, he, he – a lot like Giddy, he looked like a man amongst boys. Like, his shot looked so much better, um, and he just knew where to be. He knew what to do. Um, I'm, I'm excited about Wiggs. Like, I think – like, I think you can't have enough good wings in this day and age, in this NBA. Um, and, and, you know, if we can get – if Wiggs can turn into, like, even a, a tenth man, ninth man – you know, off the bench for us as a wing that can, you know, I can score from deep and defend. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, his, his defense speaks for itself and his athleticism, obviously, but his shot looks so much better. Like I know it's been mm -hmm. beat to death on every other Thunder podcast, but like there's a noticeable difference in the arc and I, that, I mean, the proof's in the pudding on that. Um, all right. Jalen Williams, Arkansas, the Blue Jay. I mean, I was I, I liked what I saw because I didn't I didn't go into it thinking that he's gonna be, you know, some some world breaker like a, you know some some great player like I think he's gonna be a good role player a good just backup big and I think he's gonna get the opportunity to be a good backup big. Yeah, and I think you know I think he has he has certain skills that translate and I thought you know even in summer league his passing was good. And his ability to take charges and play defense was good. So, yeah, I will say that you know, obviously coming into the year, he was in he was on the SEC. Uh, he was in the SEC on an Arkansas team uh, that you know obviously beat Kentucky. So, like I've seen what he can do passing. Never in a million years I think he would average or not average, but put up eight assists in a game. I, he yeah. he completely blew me away this passing uh, in yesterday's game. So, yeah, that's that's my big takeaway. All right, last one, man. JRE Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Again, a lot like a lot like Giddy, a lot like Aaron Wiggins. He he just that year of playing in the NBA, not playing in the in the G League, playing in the NBA, um, just gave him so much more experience than a lot of the players that were out there, and, and you could notice it. Yeah, man, just the. Uh, the motor and the energy is as strong as ever, man. Like he's he's another yeah. year older, another year in the league, but like he's he was looking as spry as some of those rookies where 
And uh, let me just say this, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, one of the best one-handed rebounders in the league. I'm just going to put that out there because that man, that man just swallows the ball with his hand there. So, all right, man, that is, let uh, me, let me, let me ask you about like the other guys on on the roster. Um, okay. What'd you, what'd you think about V Cretchy? I think V earned a roster spot. I think he did, man. I think he showed some flashes. I think his athleticism is back. You know, he was he was moving around a lot more spry out there, a lot more athletically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really liked what I saw from him. His three-point shot was very good. And the two-man game with uh, Jay Will, with Blue Jay, um, it's something that I really liked. You know, something that I think could could translate into an NBA game, you know, at least, at least in, like, garbage time, you know, things like that. Um, what about Lindy Waters? What do you think about Lindy? I mean, Lindy was fine. I mean, yeah, he was he was kind of he wasn't hitting as much as I wanted him to hit. Like the ones that he hit was like super pretty and like super impressive, but he also missed some gimmies there that uh, I would have liked to see him knock down. But I, I do like Wendy, love his story, and I do think like there's a spot for him on this team. I don't think he lost his two way by any means, but. Uh, yeah. I, I did want to see more from Wendy. Uh, speaking of two-way, how'd you feel about Eugene? Man, you know what? He, he so he, his game reminds me a lot of Lance Stevenson. Yeah. Um, just a big, yeah, just, just a big body out there that can, you know, handle the ball a little bit um, and can just find ways to score. Like he's just, he's just a bull out there and he can, you know, he can muscle his way in there to, to get scores. Do I think his game translates to the NBA? Not at all. I don't think it does. And I think, I think he's going to be the recipient of the, uh, of the, hey, you're a veteran two-way player, and we're going to go ahead and cut you midseason and give your spot to another young guy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what Veet's contract is, but I could see I, – I could – potentially see him taking that uh that other two-way spot or can you so his contract so his contract is it's 1.5 million Mm -hmm. um but if he's cut at any point it's 800 800, guaranteed and so i would think that they would probably keep him as a regular rostered spot See, Instead I don't really know what they're going to do with two-way then because, like, I thought that V would be a guy and I thought Jalen Williams would be a guy, but Jalen Williams signed a, like, legitimate contract, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. I mean, again, you can keep all these guys on the roster. You just have to cut four players, and those four players are pretty easy. Like, you know, it's just Tao Maladon, try to find a trade partner for Derek Favors and for uh, Jermichael Green. And then one of either, you know, probably Ty Jerome or, I mean, that's probably about the only player that I really think they would cut. So, yeah, I'm just thinking, like, what do they do with that extra two way spot? Or do they leave it open and, you know, maybe sign somebody later in the season or something? Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll leave it open and sign somebody. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's, that's if they cut Omiyuri. Like, they, they may like him. They may, you know, he may be one of those guys that's, that's a culture, Thunder player type thing. And they may just keep him around because he, you know, every time he scored, everybody loved it, you know, on the bench and everything. So, I don't know. He just, he, he may be one of those guys. Two way spots not really doing anything. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind seeing Gabe Brown get that two way spot. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see too much of him. 
but when he was in there, he was he was scoring a little bit. He he was cooking a little bit last game, but man, he's he's got the ugliest looking shot. I don't know how it goes yeah. in, but like it, it goes in. So yeah, I uh, I like Gabe Brown. I know the guys in No Singlands were as I don't want to say really high on him because like you know they they didn't have him being drafted or anything like that, but they they yeah. were high on his you know upside and potential. So and we know Presty was upside and potential. Yes, he does. So yeah, I like Gabe Brown, but. All right, man. I, I think that covers it. Uh, thank you once again to all our listeners for submitting questions. Uh, definitely appreciate you guys and all your support. Uh, I do want to say before we end the pod, um, Grant Nichols, who was running the socials for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, moving on moving on to better things, I guess. Move, moving on to bigger and better things. So just want to say shout out to Grant. Uh, you know, what you was able to do for the Thunder socials in the past couple of years. Uh you know, it's been unprecedented. You know, like we went from one of the most boring social media accounts to, you know, one of the most fun, most interactive ones. So shout out, Grant. You yep. will be missed and good luck to you in your future ventures. Yes, sir. All right, Alex. Well, I appreciate you coming on for part two of the pod with, with the questions with me. And uh, listeners, appreciate y'all listening and all your support. Hope you all have a great night. God bless. And don't forget, Thunder Rock. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.